baby. Welcome back to the Talking, Talking Sports Better Than Most podcast for today. We are going to be prepping the Open at St. Andrews. Yeah. When I was your age, I used to call it the British Open. Now you get smacked in the face if you call it the British Open. It's just it's not. It's the Open. The Open. I might smack you right now. Well, <clears throat> don't do that. With a paddle. Yeah. But anyways, it is golf's final major. Um, and it's at probably, obviously in America, we consider probably Augusta National. But in the end, um, the home of golf, St. Andrews, it's, it's the most historic place for golf. We talked about maybe in a year or two getting over there and playing. I mean, I think if we are true golfers, we have to go over there one time in our life. You know what? I heard something really interesting. So I was listening. Can you get that trip free too? No, we're going to have to pay for that. Anyways. A discount? I mean, I think I can probably get it for about 6000 So More of a discount. Well, we'll I have see. to wiggle that one in. Okay. Anyways, um, well, anyways. <laughs> um, I was listening, though, and they said that when you go over there, number one, we're going to drink warm beer. And number two, everything comes with French fries. Of course, they don't call them fries. They call them chips. Like, even, like, your breakfast foods come with French fries. And you know who loves French fries more than any other person. And chicken wings and steak. No, or steak. So, really, it's all the, uh, (sighs) what, Anyways, the uh, five categories of a healthy human diet? The conversation was about French fries. So, when we go over there, I will introduce you to the French fry. Okay? You mean the chip? The chip. The chip. Anyways. So, we are now just a few days away from the Open Championship. Um, number one, in every prediction we're going to make and everything we're going to talk about today, it can change from second to second. Because one minute you can have calm winds in 71, and the next minute you could have a 40-mile-an-hour wind and pouring down sideways rain. So um, I think one of the LIV concerns was that everyone tees off at the same time. The open is truly the one where people are going to tee off at 6.30 in the morning and some as late as 4.30 in the evening. And mm-hmm. I think we know, even playing golf here in America, if you teed off at 6.30 in the morning, which we're not doing, um, and then teeing off at 4.30, we could have a lot of different conditions. So mm-hmm. the Open is definitely the one tournament more than any other that we associate with the weather. So every prediction we're going to make today is weather-dependent. All right? I mean, we could have a 100-mile-an-hour win. And, I mean, this tournament's in some cases even been um, called and been postponed at times because of the wind. So without question... Um, we got to be careful with um, what happens. Sometimes you're on the bad side of the draw, and um, you just, oh, boy, and, and, and you lose it. I mean, Tiger Woods, remember a few years ago, well, not a few years ago, many years ago, had a chance to go for, I think, the Grand Slam, right, and had that third round and the winds and the rain and just crushed his chances of winning. So, um, anyways... Here we are. We're ready for the Open. So the biggest news right now is um, the LIV. We had some interesting developments today. We had Billy Horschel go on a rampage about the LIV. And about oh, I saw his, um, I saw uh, an interview. I don't know if this has anything to do with it, if it has any of you today, but he said something about how he chose to take five weeks away from his wife and kids, and he said, do I regret it? No. And he's and it was like it was on Twitter. It said whenever you uh, take an expensive golf vacation or something like that. And I mean, the one thing Billy Horschel said is he isn't upset at them for choosing um, 
you know, to, to go the LIV, but that they're lying, that they're not telling the truth, that they are um, basically saying things that are just completely not a true statement. And, um, you know, the fact about, you know, basically the PGA Tour doesn't listen. Billy Horschel took that offensive because he's on the players' board. And like you said, there's 150 PGA Tour players and there's 150 different opinions. So just because Brooks Kepka wants his opinion or Patrick Reed, and also, you know, the comments are starting to come out now is look at the players that have left. Dustin Johnson, we feel for a while, was suspended for his cocaine use. Um, Patrick Reed, we know all about the rules. No one likes him. Brooks Kepka, I mean, um, like golf. he had some issues. Bryson DeChambeau had issues. So, you know, if you start piecing it together, this is this is kind of this, you know, Ian Poulter, Sergio Garcia, they've had their issues with the PGA Tour and with fans on the PGA Tour. So, you know, there, a hand, half of these LIV golfers have some sort of beef with somebody. So it kind of makes sense as to what's going on. Um, I, I do think, though, next week tensions are going to be at an all-time high um, because there is no doubt there's, I, I don't know if you want to call it bad blood or what you want to call it, but there's something for sure um, out there. So anyways, I thought that's kind of interesting that that's coming up um, out there. We got LIV players that won a court battle to get into the Scottish Open um, this week, um, even though they weren't supposed to. Um, so we're going to go to court over all these different battles. These are the same guys that, remember, want to play less mm-hmm. but are um, going to court to play more. So anyways, I think we have nothing but a bunch of liars. But anyways, um, that's where we stand. So here we are. We're at the Open. Um, what do you like most about the British Open? Um, I mean, it sounds stupid, but I do like getting up out early and watching it. And I mean, it's uh, you get, you know, three hours in of watching it or more, depending on when the coverage actually starts, and depending, I guess, on when you start working. But, um, you know, getting up early and watching it and being able to kind of follow it through the day as opposed to it being on, um, you know, <clears throat> throughout the day. Um, it's just fun to watch it early in the morning, watch the elements, the, the different styles of golf that they play. And, I don't know, I really enjoyed watching it last year, and I'm pretty positive I'll be doing the same thing again this year enjoying the um the the golf and obviously someday if i could make my make my way over there and just enjoy the atmosphere at one time it'd probably be a pretty surreal experience yeah it's a different love it's like when you have like those those uh diehard fan bases when you go to certain cities in america and it just it just means so much more to them i mean that's what the british open or i'm sorry the open means to um the europeans i mean it just means so much more to them and I mean it's just obviously it's, it's a four days that they look well it's a week that they look forward to every single year that goes by probably too quick if you ask any of the diehard fans over there yeah I agree with you I think waking up in the morning um watching it you kind of don't have to wait all day for us we don't have mm-hmm. to right and next thing you know you're up you're watching it um we're going to be on a golf trip um so we'll be watching it in the morning we usually we'll be watching the second round driving. Yeah, we usually can't sleep, so we'll be up <laughs> watching it. It works perfect for us, um, and we'll end up watching kind of the end of it probably on our phones or in the clubhouse, depending on when our rounds end. Um, so it's definitely going to be pretty interesting, pretty exciting. Um, but I agree with you. I think the the idea of waking up in the morning, seeing it. I also like that it's at St Andrews this year. Of course, that I feel like. I mean, I don't know the open courses, but even though I watch golf all the time, but 
Um, it's nice to see him play there. Um, I don't think there's probably a more historic walk than walking down the 18th. Like I said, hopefully in a couple of years, we'll get to go there and walk over that bridge. The history of Tiger Woods completing the slam there, Tom Watson and Jack Nicholas birdieing his last hole and um, walking over the bridge there. That's the Slocum Bridge, I think. Um, pretty historic. So we're definitely set up for a historic tournament. I want to mention this tweet that I retweeted earlier because I think it kind of puts in what we talked about um, the other day on the podcast. Um, I, I got the tweet here. Given the precautious position golf is in and the wildest summer in years, ending with Tiger taking a final rip at the most consequential course in the world, it's not a stretch to say the 150th Open at St. Andrews is the most important major of the last 20 years in golf. And the guy, I think, is right. I mean, I'm not saying Tiger Woods is going to win, but could you imagine if Tiger Woods came back and won at St. Andrews? Can you imagine mm -hmm. if an LIV golfer walks down the 18th fairway on Sunday and wins? Um, can you imagine if, if, if somebody who's not LIV turns around and wins? I mean, it, it's, it's, it's definitely set up to be, I think, I agree with them, maybe the most important major mm -hmm. in um, probably in your lifetime. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, up since Tiger Woods came out on the scene in 1997, um, it's going to be really interesting, and it's it's kind of fun to see golf maybe in the forefront of everything. But on the flip side, um, it could also be kind of the end of golf. All uh, kind of a, it's going to could blow it up as well. So um, it's going to be really interesting. So I agree with you. Watching it in the morning is a wonderful thing, um, and I, I think I enjoy watching that most too. And I'm going to be honest with you. One more thing I do love to see is those guys when their balls up against the bunker and sod face bunkers and they're so it makes you feel like you're more at home since you've done that many well, times yeah. before I mean if you ever played Arcadia Bluffs in northern but, I mean they never usually take six shots to get out of the bunker though well, they should have been where I was but it was not an easy spot uh, I was under par am regular amateur golfer probably got out one to two attempts I was under par eight iron two feet away from being probably stone dead to go two under par hmm Instead, I walk out Should've there with 11 or something. I don't know. I might have given up at some point, just lost track of my strokes, shots. But I, I thought it was weird because the last time I saw you hit, the, or the last time I saw you attempt to hit the ball, I didn't see any sand come out, but I saw the ball come out. So. Well, anyways, it was a frustrating, frustrating moment in that bunker. Oh, I got a lot of frustration now thinking about that. But anyways. It brings back nerves and makes you shrink and thinking about it. <laughs> For sure. Scares you. You know so what's, what's scary and does people. The golf course we played, though, the other day in Indianapolis had some of those sod-faced bunkers. Um, yeah. I don't think you and I were in any of them. The, the, guy, the husband and wife we were playing with were in a couple of them, so um, that's kind of nice. But, yeah, I did have that. So, anyway, so here we are. We're at the Open. It's going to be, uh, uh, for sure, it's got the makings of what could be maybe one of the grandest stages in golf and maybe the biggest disaster in golf as well. Mm -hmm. So let's start right off the bat. Tiger Woods Tiger Woods is played um, this past week um, at a pro-am. Um, at least he's over there in Ireland getting used to the weather, getting used to the cold, getting used to the time zone. Um, I think yesterday, in the first round of this pro-am, I think he hit all the fairways and um, shot five over par. Um, his iron play is it's, it's amazing. His full swing, he has no problem kind of just clearing that side and when he gets to the irons and it feels like he's got to hit down on it he has a hard time clearing and he blocks everything it seems as if and then if he overcorrects it like i do tries to do um then he ends up pulling the iron so 
Um, chipping seems fine. Putting is just going to come and go. Um, his full swing with the driver looks unbelievable. Just he's struggling with the irons. And at the U.S. Open, he kind of, not the U.S. Open, at the PGA, he started to struggle with those irons, doing the same thing when we were complaining about him just, you know, ripping the ball off the tee. So um, what do you think would be a, a – I know Tiger only has one thing in mind, but in your eyes, what would be a successful week, you think, for Tiger? Making the weekend. Okay. That would be the, making the weekend in three of the four majors he's played, which for a man on one leg is pretty well, unbelievable. Three of the three majors he played. Well, that's, I mean, three of the three he played. Yeah. Three of the four total. He didn't play yeah. one. But anyways, so that would be, you think, in your eyes, a, a, a success? Yeah. I mean, if you shoot five over and hit every fairway, which I didn't know happened, but it's not good. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, St. Andrews, um, Tiger will be the first to tell you the goal is to stay out of the bunkers. And um, if you stay out of the bunkers, um, then I think everything would be, from that point on, he can do just about anything. Um, and I think lag putting is going to be huge, too, obviously. Those huge greens, those double greens at St. Andrews, um, in some cases, um, it's going to be really important for Tiger, I think, to make sure he's, he gets there. Well, he's going to leave the first probably six feet. I mean, six, first six putts about three and a half feet short. Well, probably. But um, hopefully um, he gets some, spends some time lag putting. Hopefully he drives, stays out of those bunkers. I do believe, truthfully, this is the one major that, let me say this, the one major at the right place that he can win. Um, yes, you can overpower St. Andrews, but you can also blow up at St. Andrews, depending on what's going on weather-wise and bunker-wise. So I agree. I think a successful week for Tiger Woods um, is to play the weekend, and um, it sure would be nice to see him. I mean, I guess in all realistic probability, he's not going to be in the final few groups, but, um, you know, if he could maybe not be one of the first tee times off, I think things would be okay. So I agree with you. Now, what about world number one, Scotty Scheffler? What, what, what do you think about him over at St. Andrews? Um, I mean, you got to like his chances anywhere he goes, but do I think he's going to win? No. Why not? Because you just got to pick somebody else. You got to go with something different. Okay. I mean, if you say so, I got no problem with it. I think he's a great putter. He's a great chipper. Um, I, I think, um, I, I think he's definitely got a chance to, um, he loves the wind. Of, of Texas, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if he doesn't at least, um, I, I don't know, I think he's got a chance, and um, I'd be excited to see if he can kind of contend in there. Um, what about John Rahm? You think John Rahm's finally due for maybe a, he seems to be struggling in the majors, mm -hmm. he comes in as the hot, most highly, you know, ranked person, um, his game maybe seems a little flat, what, what do you think about John Rahm and his He's just got to get over the hump. I don't feel like he's been able to do that for a while. And he's he's just, I don't know if he's like in his head about stuff or what, but he just, he's got to get going. I don't know what his issue is. I mean, he had that chance at the U.S. Open, though. I mean, and he just had that, he just got in kind of a bad spot in the 18th hole, and he made a six in, on a hole when, you know, he just couldn't afford that. And I think that kind of just took the momentum away, and it kind of carried with him into Sunday, and he obviously wasn't even close to winning. But, I mean, on Saturday afternoon in the 18th hole, he had the lead. So, I mean, it, you know, it's not like he's done nothing, but obviously I think him and everyone else involved probably expected more results in the last, what, two years? Right. 
because he won the well, he won the U.S. Open. Was it last year? Um, yeah, last year at Torrey yeah. Pines. So I mean, since then, obviously he hasn't done anything. But I mean, I wouldn't be sh- shocked. What do you think about though? I guess Europe's best player, the guy who has contended so well in the majors, um, who's taken on LIV more than anybody. What what's what's your take on Roy McIlroy? I mean, I would say those Tiger Woods and Roy would probably be the best story for golf to win. I mean, I think if Roy won it, I think it'd be a real, uh, you know, punch in the face against all those LIV guys. Um, I mean, the only thing I'm hoping for, once again, like we said at the U.S. Open, is as simple as an LIV player cannot win it. No, I agree. I think an LIV player um, wins this, and then we're, we got ourselves some real issues here. Um, what What do you think about, I guess, maybe, let's just throw a name out there, um, Jordan Spieth. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe he has a chance just because, I mean, you don't have to be like, in the fairway every hole at St. Andrews to compete. I mean, you can kind of be a little more wild and, and left and right. I mean, obviously, number one and number 18 are the, you know, I don't know how many yards wide the fairway is, but, you, you know, you could basically put a blindfold over your face and probably hit the fairway um, both times. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I'm not saying that I like his chances, but I think it sets up a lot better for him than, like, a U.S. Open does. Oh, I agree. So, um, if there's a chance for him to, I mean, look at what he did. What was it, 2017, when he won the British Open? Yes. The, the Open. I mean, he had that that drive on the 13th or whatever hole it was, and he made an eagle. I think it was an eagle where he hit it two fairways right, and then he said, with a second shot, oh God, or you know, like what am I doing? And then he hits it right in front of the green. I think he didn't realize how good of a shot it was. I think he thought his line was way off, and then he makes the 65 foot putt or whatever, and Tell his caddy to go pick up the ball. So, I mean, there's a chance. Um, the best chance, I think, for him was winning a major probably is at St. Andrews. It's not really a course where you have to just absolutely blister the ball and, and hit it in the fairway every hole and hit these amazing golf shots. I mean, you can do so many different things at, at an open, especially at St. Andrews, where it's not like it's, it's going to be a long course. Um, as long as he just doesn't have that huge double cross on a couple holes, he's probably going to be fine. So here's who I think has the chance to create the biggest storyline in golf with the win this week is Ricky Fowler. Um, well, it's not bigger than Tiger or Rory. Well, I'm, okay. It would be another nice story just to see I him think it would correct there the, with, right with, the shift. with Rory. Yeah. It wouldn't be bigger than Tiger, okay? Let's put it that way. But Ricky had a good pro-am. Um, he's playing the Scottish Open this week. Um, he seems to kind of be coming a little bit into form. Um I think um, I think Ricky is back. It's good to see him kind of aligning back with um, Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth um, kind of as the three Americans to take, you know, the, the PGA Tour by storm and, and, and fight against everything. Um, I think he'd be the second biggest storyline to Tiger Woods. And I, I don't think it's far-fetched to think that maybe he doesn't have a chance to, to win. He could be a real sleeper. It's amazing to think Five years ago, we'd be calling Ricky Fowler a sleeper, but, I mean, it would truly come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, I, I'd put a few pounds on him um, maybe to win win the Open. I, I'd, I'd put a few bucks down and see if maybe 
that chance comes true. You never know. It, it, it's another thing. Another person that's been playing really well on the PG Tour, playing pretty well at the Pro-Am this past week, um, is Shane Lowry. Already won the, U, the Open at Royal Portrush. Seems to be playing well. Seems to be kind of motivated. He's a guy, again, that I think motivation-wise um, wouldn't be surprised if he comes out and kind of shocks. Got to remember, folks, the Open Championship almost gave us a 60-some-year-old winner years ago with Tom Watson. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, let's be honest with you. This could be a tournament where somebody who we just never thinks out of, comes out of nowhere and wins this thing as well. We've had winners like that. John Vandevelt almost won. Then um, Paul Lowry ended up winning in that playoff. I mean, the Open gives us sometimes maybe um, the shocking storyline. John Daly won here. Nobody thought John Daly was going to ever win another major again. Then he comes and... And, and holds a putt um, to win. Um, so there, there's some storylines that I think we always obviously talk about the most obvious ones, but in some cases, I think we could, we could be up for something. We got an interesting golf course for sure. Um, I, I, I would like to play. I mean, I think we are going to get to go over there when I can feel it. But I think playing that first and 18th holes would be absolutely pretty amazing. Uh, Until you shake it. Well, no, I'm I will push it. Um, I tell you what, though, I, I feel pretty, pretty good that my push would probably hit a hit, a, you know, like a building and pop back in play. Yeah, there's a good chance so, if you hit it, uh, it'll probably bounce off a, a building and bounce right back yeah, into play. I agree. So um, I think it'd be kind of interesting in the road hole. How many people are going to hit oh, it my. onto the road? You're going to hit four or five of them, or you're going to hit it at least. What 150 that, yards what left. What about that tee shot where you hit right over the hotel on the road hole? I mean, well, I know. I'd be, I'd be shaken. So, um, you know, it, this golf course is interesting. It's got some really tough par fours. It's got par fours that we're going to see people driving. And again, it all depends on the wind and the weather. So let me ask you this: If you had to have a week this week coming up where we have kind of 75 degrees, light winds, and we're going to have low scoring of 20 under par. Or would you rather have strong winds, bad weather, and the winner be three under? Yeah, I like that. You'd rather see that then? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I agree. I, 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 I like to see the I mean, weather. I think it helps somebody who's more of use to that, which hopefully, you know, is a PGA Tour player and an LIP player. I think the one thing we do got to think about every Saturday round this year at the Masters, at the PGA, and at the U.S. Open had horrendous weather. If you can remember back to the to the three Saturday rounds, um, the weather was really bad, and um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, again, the joke may be that um, maybe the weather will be wonderful at um, at you know at the at the St Andrews. It might be the best weather of, of all the majors. So, who knows? Um, you really like cheeseburgers, don't you? Tiger Woods is eating a cheeseburger at the Pro Am and. <laughs> You won't eat a cheeseburger. You won't eat a hamburger. Yeah, what else won't you eat? Uh, we're not having this conversation. I forgot. He, he orders off the kids' menu, folks. So okay, answer me this: Are is chicken tenders? Ordering, the only thing you'll eat are chicken tenders. Oh, here we go. Which is the same thing as ordering chicken wings, or you'll get a steak. It's just that simple. Here we go, folks. No, no, no. Talk to me like an adult. I'm a child. Here we go. What? Do you see me eat food like that all the time? I eat hamburger. I eat, I eat hot dogs, pizza, shrimp, soup. That's it. I love I've, soup. Yeah, you only soup you, the only soup you get is French onion soup. Oh my 
sell you it? Try other things. You get house salad with your steak. That's all you get. What kind of salad would I get? You can get a chicken salad. You can get a taco salad. You can get a Caesar salad. Uh, you can get all those different salads. Are you guys a million serious, more? man? I mean, seriously. If Tiger Woods can eat a hamburger, so can you. You can try one for the first time in your life, basically. Well, I'm going to <clears> next week when we go on the Or a cheeseburger because you won't eat melted cheese because you don't oh, like it. Because you're so picky. When we go on vacation, I'm going to give it a whirl. We'll a little 12-year-old. Oh, here he goes with this again. Anyways, back to the open. America would agree with me. <laughs> People have agreed with me. Here we go. Back to the Open Championship. So, here we go. You've had a good success at picking those that have a chance. I will give you that this year. If you listen to the podcast yeah, I picked for the, the four majors. The PGA, right? I picked yeah. Justin Thomas. And who did I pick in the U.S. Open? Um, I don't know, but he played pretty good. Um, yeah. I don't remember off the top of my head, but whoever it was did better than my guy who missed the cut. Oh, yeah, who missed the cut. <laughs> Tony Vino. So, anyways, um, so let's do this. Let's start off with, I already gave you my sleeper. I think somebody who could come out of nowhere, a name that we're not expecting. I do think Ricky Fowler has a chance to win the Open Championship. He's Morikawa. That's who I picked. And he was, I think he was almost in the lead with three. For a while. He He was was leading after two rounds. Yeah. And then I think the third round was when he shot like 78 or something like that. That just absolutely just was gone. All right. So my sleeper is is definitely going to be Ricky Fowler again. Can't promise you that he's going to come out win. But a name that has been hiding for a long time, um, somebody who I think would be great for American golf, somebody would be great for the kids, I, that's who my sleeper is. Again, in golf sometimes I don't know who, I mean, who's really a sleeper. Um, I'm just saying like somebody who hasn't won in a while, who's been struggling, maybe not the forefront of, of names. I'm going to go with Ricky Fowler as somewhat my sleeper. Um, somebody who I think is going to contend. Um, you know, again, I, I think Rory McIlroy is going to contend. I don't think there's any way Rory McIlroy can't contend. I think he is without question. Um, uh, he's just a, an unbelievable player. And then I'm going to go with my pick to win the Open Championship this year. I'm going to go with it. I probably shouldn't go with it, but I will. I think the Open Championship goes this year to Justin Thomas. I think he's going to win the U.S. Open, I'm sorry, the PGA, and the Open Championship. So, again, I think Ricky Fowler can win. I think Rory McIlroy without question contends, and I'm going to go with Justin Thomas as the Open Champion. I think Justin is... is He's motivated again. He's just a great ball striker. Um, I think he's definitely going to have a chance to win. Um, so those are that, that, those are my three names. So start with you. Who, who, who would be a sleeper for you? So for my sleeper for the Open, I got Joaquin Neiman. Uh, <clears throat> the reason I like him is kind of has that lower ball flight, um, what I think suits an Open more than a, than a higher ball flight. Like maybe a PGA or a, an, or, or a Masters or basically all the other majors, right. more of suits a higher ball flight. Um, and I don't know. He's he's had he's won a few tournaments, but he's never won a major, and he's um, definitely put in position, uh, put himself in position to at least compete at a couple majors. Um, he's a guy that's probably 
Um, Going to win one sooner rather than later. Um, but uh, who I got winning it is a guy that just comes in second place every single major. Um, he's got to break through at some point. He's got to win one. I guess he's got to win on the PGA no, Tour. Don't say it. What? Will Zalatoris. I'm going Will Zalatoris. Oh, my Lord. Hey, at least he'll make the cut. He's a good pick. I mean, <clears throat> I agree with you. I think he is. Um, he's. I think you and I were texting about or talking about in car ride. Like, it's amazing to think that 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 he hasn't yet won. I mean, there's so many PGA Tour events. There's so many players that come out and win some crappy event, and then Will Zalatoris sits there and hasn't won. So um, it's kind of unbelievable to think. Um, so you're going to play him? No, I'm not picking him. I'm just saying he's playing. Phil make the cut, yes or no? No. He's 30 over par, I think. The two rounds at the U.S. Open and his two LIB Tour events all combined together. I mean, that's pretty that's pretty rough, folks. Yeah. Um, I think the Saudis got um, – I mean, maybe that was his plan all along, to scam the Saudis, right, take their money. Um, <laughs> Play this off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, now, what he should have done is pay me a million dollars for every round I shoot under par. Now, that would have been some real excitement. Pay you? Uh, no, him. Oh, you know, he'd be yet to get paid. Um, but anyways, so basically, we have just taken the PJ Championship playoff, and um, we're just going to go that we're going to have a Will Zelatoris and Justin Thomas battle again at St. Andrews, and I'm going this time Thomas ends up on top. You're going with Zelatoris. Thomas ended up on top last time, so. What? Thomas. I know, but I'm just whatever. Um, I... I I would just still, though, Tiger wins, I'll take that, too. Yeah, I mean, if, if Zalatoris, he's my pick. If I could see Neiman, just because I feel like he's, he's got that kind of a ball flight, and he's got to win one eventually. He's a, obviously a very good player, but um, obviously if Rory or even Ricky or Tiger, I mean, that's just huge for the game of uh, golf. And obviously two of those three we know are, are married to the PGA Tour. Uh, Ricky, I think I think Ricky is married to the PGA Tour. I just think he obviously hasn't played well, and if he wants to, you know, play, continue to play, uh, maybe the, the LIV is the tour for him because unless he uh, wants to live on the, the Monday qualifiers, he, uh, he might be in trouble with uh, trying to win anymore. Um, obviously, no one wants to see him go there, but, um, you know, the odds are probably in favor of the LIV if he, if he can't really do anything to secure a position and where he can stay with a, with a, on the tour without having to, you know, win anything. Well, it's got to make an impact into a weekend. Let's just put it that way. True. So it's golf's final major. It's the last shot at glory. It's um, kind of, I don't want to say the end of the golf season because there's still a lot more golf, but in terms of probably the forefront and the minds of the everyday, Joe, this is probably at the Open Championship, and then we'll wait until April and the Masters. So anyway, so we'll be back in a couple of weeks. We won't be back to the last week of July. Uh, we'll recap the Open. I'm sure there's going to be a ton of sporting events and news that happens before then. And it'll be just about August. And then it's going to be pure football mode, folks, on the podcast for about, what, four or five months mm-hmm. of nonstop football. So until then, enjoy the Open. Wake up early. Drink and all Enjoy day. your chips with breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We should have chips for breakfast on the trip. Sure. All right, everyone. Have a good time.